Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Ah, bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> yes, I am so happy to join with you today. I am still in gorgeous Vermont in the beautiful Green Mountains. And uh, this past weekend, we had three days celebrating the wisdom and teachings of indigenous elders from around the world, particularly uh, Native American elders uh, from various tribes. And uh, I am of the Cherokee tribe, my ancestors. And uh, it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. I love that ancient wisdom. It's so pure and clean. And uh, it's always in congruence with the Course of Miracles. They they all know this is a dream. Let's not get caught in the dream. Indeed, let's remember we're all one. Yes, the truth is the truth. <laughs> and it uh, doesn't matter who says it, it's still the truth. And I'm so grateful that... We get to share the truth together, that we get to be uplifted and inspired together, that we get to remember our true nature together. So grateful that this is our divine opportunity. So grateful. Very, very grateful. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So let's do as we always do. Let's pray. So we take a breath of love and gratitude. I place my hand on my heart. We are grateful and thankful to open ourselves to an unprecedented, unlimited new experience of perfect love revealing itself in our heart, in our in, in our mind. We're taking the lid off. We're willing to live as our true identity. We're willing to live as our true nature and our true self. We're willing to experience pure freedom, the wholeness reverberating through every cell fiber and function of our body temple. So grateful and so thankful that we can say yes to infinite insight We are grateful and thankful to allow ourselves to recognize that right where we are, the wholeness is. So we're grateful and thankful to consciously know the truth that sets us free. We share the benefits with all. We let the healing be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Yeah. So I'm doing another topic that was asked for. Uh, People have written in. You can write to admin, A-D-M-I-N, at jenniferhadley.com and make your requests of what you'd like me to do a show about. Um, I'll do my best. Uh, Many times we already have shows about that. So I'm just going to give you a little heads-up tip. Um, at Gen- no at livingacourseinmiracles.com. We have so many resources at livingacourseinmiracles.com. We've got study group support. We've got a study group map. We've got um, uh, free classes. We've got uh, uh, text messages. We've got all kinds of stuff. So um, and if you're interested in the text messages, text MIRACLES to 35227. MIRACLES. Oh, now I'm wondering, is it MIRACLE or MIRACLES? <laughs> I'll have to remember. But the number is 35227. Um, MIRACLES to 35227. Um, I think it's MIRACLES, but I'll look it up later. During the break. Anyway, at livingacourseofmiracles.com forward slash radio, 
you can find every episode of this radio show. You can sign up for the podcast. You can download individual episodes. And we're getting close to having all the transcripts done. So thank you, thank you, thank you to all the people who have contributed and made donations to the Power of Love Ministry. Tax-deductible contribution, by the way. Uh because that's how we're paying for all these transcripts to be produced. And it's so helpful because just think about it. For the deaf, they only have the transcripts. And now we're moving all the audios and the transcripts together to YouTube. We're almost ready to um, be, start posting those at YouTube. So we're going to put all the episodes of the radio show on videos at YouTube so you can watch and listen at the same time because we have people in over 100 countries, well over 100 countries, listening to this radio show. And mo many of them are not English-speaking as a first, lang first language. So be able to listen and read at the same time, very, very helpful to them. So these are big projects that could only be funded by donations. So thank you for contributing for those of you who have. And if you can set up a monthly contribution, that's a great thing to do. Uh, any amount is helpful. It just helps us to budget and plan if we know what, what's going to be coming in, as you might imagine. Um, so 10 people, $10 a month, that's $100 a month. And... Um, that makes a difference, you know, that, that'll pay for uh, one and a half transcripts. So there you go. Um, our topic today came from a listener who asked about abandonment issues. So the topic today is cure for abandonment issues. And one of my favorite quotes, and I say favorite, not because it's so beautiful or poetic, but because it's so powerful, so all-encompassing. When I first read this, it went right through me as such a powerful teaching. And it really has been one of the most transformative teachings in the entire course to me. So I was very happy to get this topic of abandonment issues. So let's let's talk uh, here about what abandonment issues are. So and and I'm gonna back it way up. My understanding is I walk through this world and I learn from the ascended masters um, sharing, and Jesus, of course, being one of the Ascended Masters, Mary Magdalene, Mother Mary, all the wonderful angels and teachers in the invisible realm, and that speak to us all the time. So I learn from them as I let go of all the blocks to love in my mind and my heart. I have more clarity, and I can see and hear and feel and know more clearly. Also, I'm ever more grateful all the time. Being grateful lifts my vibration up higher, which also gives me the ability to have more clarity. And when there's more clarity, then we're not struggling with our perception quite so much. So that's really helpful because we can get so ensnared in our perception, our perspective, right? Lesson 190, pain is a wrong perspective. So we're interested in living in joy, not in pain. So we're interested in having that perspective of wisdom, of clear insight, of the truth that sets us free. So as I am traveling this road of awakening, this ascension pathway, as I frequently call it, what I've recognized is that the decisions that I made in the past, doesn't matter when, past life, a hundred lives ago, I don't know when, but somewhere, I made decisions about life that weren't true. You know, we make decisions like, 
dogs aren't safe. Dogs will attack you and bite you because you get bitten by a dog. You make that decision about all dogs. You have a white person, you know, be mean to you. All white people are um, vicious, selfish, capitalist, whatever. So this is what we've done, you know, that um, I'm not worthy. I don't deserve something's wrong with me. I'm bad. Uh, I'll never get enough. Uh, I'll never be loved. I'm unlovable. Um, There's not enough. Um, I don't know how to blah, blah, blah. Just endless decisions. Not endless, but it's definitely finite. (laughs) But it feels endless sometimes, right? But there are many, many permutations. And we take, we make these decisions like... Um, the child molester is not forgivable or the rapist is not forgivable or the one who betrayed me is not forgivable. All kinds of decisions that we make about life, about ourselves, about others, about um, all manner of concepts and structures. And so these then, when we incarnate, we bring them in as our belief system in order to heal them, in order to choose again. And that's pure A Course in Miracles, uh, though it's condensed. And it's, um, you put all the pieces together. It's always about relinquishing the past and the decisions we made in the past. Pain and is a wrong decision. It's um, Fear, upset, it's a wrong decision. We're never upset for the reason we think. We think we're upset because someone stole our car, but we're not actually upset for that reason. We're upset for the meaning we made of it and our interpretations. That's why if, if you're really living A Course of Miracles, you're going to be extremely mindful of every judgment, every opinion, uh, every perception that's not the pure clinging, cling, ring, the pure, clear ringing bell of truth. How do you know things are true? Because you can feel it. It's the vibration of it. You know that you know that you know. Very different from perception. That's why in this broadcast, week after week, if I don't know it, I'll say my perception is. Because I don't need to make any false claims. Uh, It may be the truth, but if I don't feel like I know it yet, I'll still say it's my perception or it's my understanding. So understanding and truth, different things. Very different things. And we're going for the truth here because the truth sets us free from all perceptions, projections, and limitations. So we bring into our life these abandonment issues in order to heal them. And so what we may find in our life experience is that it seems like we're abandoned. Think of all these precious, precious, precious babies, babies, who have been taken from their parents and incarcerated in a sense. Uh, And their parents are being deported. And we've got, I think, close to a thousand children as of this day who have not been able to be reunited with their children. And I heard in the news the other day that parents have to pay $8 a minute to talk with their children. For poor people who are in, anyway, it's, uh, they're helping the world to learn compassion. Yes. And to help us decide that these things are not tolerable. We won't participate in them, that we won't fund them, and that we won't support the people whose ideas they are and who are implementing them and think that they're a good idea. So we can learn through pain or we can learn through joy. And uh, more people are more interested in learning through joy, which is a wonderful thing. But we're all still learning through pain, myself included. 
still do it here and there from time to time. Pain is a wrong perspective. So we get triggered into these beliefs, these abandonment issues. We brought them with us for healing. If we can, number one, recognize that the abandonment issues we have, not to blame them on people we've known in this lifetime, but to recognize that the people we've known in this lifetime who may have triggered them are doing us a favor. Anybody who triggers us is doing us a favor. They're helping bring the darkness to the light. They're helping bring the misperception to the truth. They're helping bringing the false beliefs to the wisdom mind. And it's our job to choose again. And they are helping us by triggering us to choose again. So we could have made the decision again and again and again, many lifetimes in a row. But now we can fully and completely choose again by remembering the truth valuing the truth. And for me, the fastest path of healing is always going to be to call upon the spirit to do the heavy lifting of figuring out where, because spirit already knows where that belief came from. Spirit already knows how long we've had it, when it got started, and all the permutations and ramifications of our energizing it. Spirit has all that tracked in that one mind of God. So we don't have to track it. We just have to be willing to let it go. That's our only job is to be willing. Truly willing. And even a little bit of willingness is truly willing. Yep. It's like a little bit of water is still water. So let us open our minds to be fully willing. And every time we get triggered or fear we might get triggered or see any kind of abandonment issue on the horizon or as a possibility, invoke the higher Holy Spirit self in to help with healing. Uh, another thing we can do is to call upon the angels. And that's one of my favorite things is to, to do that because it's tremendous. And I've done, uh, I think, a couple of radio shows about this over the years. Um, it's about um, lesson 183, about calling the name of God. I come back to it, or um, I call upon God's name in my own, lesson 183. And it says in here very clearly, and I think a lot of people take this as metaphor, but it's not metaphor. It's clear instruction from Jesus. He says, repeat the name of God. And where is it here? Hang on one second. Uno momento. Yeah, it's right in, in the beginning. So I'm just going to read this couple paragraphs here. God's name is holy, but no holier than yours. To call upon God's name is but to call upon your own. A father gives his son his name and thus identifies the son with him. His brothers share his name, and thus they are united to a bond in which they turn for their identity. Your father's name reminds you who you are, even within a world that does not know, even though you have not remembered it. So we call God's name God. That's it. So simple. God's name cannot be heard without response, nor said without an echo in the mind that calls you to remember. Say God's name, and you invite the angels to surround the ground on which you stand and sing to you as they spread out their wings to keep you safe and shelter you from every worldly thought that would intrude upon your holiness. So, remembering our connection with Spirit, 
remembering to call God's name whenever we feel threatened, whenever we sense that there's a challenge whatsoever. Let us always call God's name and let us allow and invite the angels to surround the ground on which we stand and sing to us as they spread out their wings to keep us safe and shelter us from every worldly thought that would intrude upon our holiness. It works. It's The angels are there to run interference between our mind, which is the mind of God, and the ego thought system. So it's like a firewall in a computer that protects the computer from viruses and attack, right? So think of that. Just imagine that in your mind. Just say the word of God, God, God be with me. Let me be with God. Angels, surround me, sing to me. Our willingness is all that's required. There, this is the way I think of it in terms of the angels, calling upon the angels. And people in, in <laughs> Masterful Living, there's always a couple of people that tell me every year, they say, oh, Jennifer, when you started talking about the angels, I went, oh, Lordy, no, what have I gotten myself into? But then I just give them simple suggestions to call upon the angels. When you need assistance, when you feel lost, you feel frightened, you feel worried, you feel angry, you feel hurt, call upon the angels for assistance. Don't tell them what to do. Don't. They know better. Please, don't ever give angels instruction. Just angels help me now. Angels show me now. Angels teach me now. Angels be with me now. Angels clear my mind. Of all that's false. We don't need to be more specific than that. Because a lot of times if we're being more specific, we have an attachment to what the answered prayer looks like. And then there's the possibility of disappointment. Right? Whenever there's attachments, there's almost inevitably disappointments. We've had enough disappointments. No mo, no mo, no mo. So <laughs> let's just call the angels. Angels, try it. Try it for a week, all day long. Say, angels, I'd love your assistance. Angels, I'd love even to know that you're there. Angels, I'd love a sign that everything is working together for my good. Angels, I'd like more clarity. Angels, whatever help you can give me, help me to receive it. And uh, one I used to ask all the time was, Angels, help me to know what to ask you for. <laughs> I'm just asking for help because I don't even know what to ask you for. I'm just asking for help. And you may not even feel you need help. Ask for help anyway. You may be having the best day of your life. It can still get better. Because when we're having a great, great day, even if we're all by ourselves, it ripples throughout the universe our joy ripples throughout the universe. Angels are on standby all the time. I used to do a lot of service in the prayer ministry at Agape. And I'd answer the prayer for hours at a time and late at night and early in the morning and stuff like that. Uh, I used to like to do early Monday morning. Early Monday morning, particularly early Monday morning, the first Monday of the month. There's a lot of people worried about paying their rent uh, they don't want to go back to their job. They've had a rough weekend, all kinds of stuff going on. So that was my, I tried to be of the greatest service. So I like to do first early uh, Monday mornings. And people would call the prayer ministry. And at the end of the prayer, I'd say, thank you so much for calling. Please call again often and soon. And they'd say, well, wait, thank you for calling. I said, well, I mean, thank you for being there. And I'd say, well, but just think, I'm going to be here whether you call or not. You just gave me an opportunity to pray, and I feel better too. So please call often. Yes. 
And we don't have to be in trouble to ask for prayer. I ask for prayer all the time. And I would ask that you include me in your prayers whenever you make prayers. Please include me. Because I serve many, many thousands of people. And I do feel lifted and carried by God. And I'd like to be able to um, give even better service to those I'm supporting. So your prayers are very helpful in um, creating that ease and grace. So the angels are already there. They're there to help us all the time. And uh, they're standing by. Angels are standing by to help you. Like operators are standing by. Angels are standing by to help you. And they really are. They really are. And so let's not have any unemployed angels anymore. Let's put them to work. Uh, Jesus makes a number of references to angels. And this is one of my favorites, that one in uh, Lesson 183. So call the name of God and the angels will surround you with and sing that song. They'll open up their wings and sing that song and they will run interference with the ego thought system so we don't have to be uh, stuck in that mindset. I'm Jennifer Hadley. It's time to take a break. We're living the love and we'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Uh, Bonjour. Welcome back. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, A Course in Miracles with me, moi, Jennifer Hadley. We're living the love. We're walking the talk. We were talking about angels. I'm going to go back to abandonment. And uh, so these abandonment issues, I think it's very helpful if we can understand that they didn't come from this lifetime. No, it's the the things that are happening in this lifetime are a, oh my gosh, I have a very aggressive chipmunk trying to get into something over here, but it's too far away for me to reach. <laughs> Dude, I call them all dudes. Um, let's hey, we're in the woods, in the mountains. There's the squirrels and the chipmunks rule here. <laughs> um, so these beliefs are getting triggered so they can come up and be brought to the light for healing. So rather than react, and make it real we're training our mind through the use of a course in miracles it's a mind training system that works we're training ourselves not to react to release the trigger and i've been training spiritual counselors for four years now we have the next spiritual counseling intensive training in october and uh, we just have one or two days two two three days left to the early bird special Oh, and by the way, I want to say I'm I'm sending out an email today. I've just got to finish writing it. I brilliant, genius, spiritual inspiration. Uh, so in, in three days, I'm putting out a three day um, incentive. So you can check it out, see if it appeals to you. Anyway, clearing. This is what I teach fundamentally because it has completely transformed my life and it has helped hundreds and hundreds of people in masterful living and finding freedom hundreds and hundreds thousand people um if they do it of course it only works if you do it but it's don't wrestle with the perception of the problem just give it to the holy spirit every time you start to feel any little tiny twinge of it holy spirit help me now angels I call the name of God, surround me, run interference, take this pattern out of my mind so I never think it again. Take every semblance of it from every cell, fiber, and structure of my body temple. This doesn't apply to me anymore. It has no power anymore. I withdraw my investment in it here and now. Be very declarative. Remember, recognize, recall your spiritual 
power, your spiritual sovereignty. You are not subject to other people's beliefs unless you choose to. These false beliefs are not for you. They are not yours. They are not necessary. We get, we get identified with them, but that does not mean that they're part of us. I can wear a coat that I love, that I feel like, oh, this is my brand. This is my style. This is my essence. And I love this coat. I love to wear it all the time, everywhere. And it's so me, but it's not me. And it never will be. The same is true with beliefs and thoughts. They're like an old, dirty coat. Stinks. And just because we've been wearing it a very long time and just because it helped us get through that winter, just because it kept us warm or dry on a really bad day, does not mean that it's worth keeping anymore. Give it away to the Holy Spirit. There's no magic formula. There isn't. And there never will be. There's just us saying no more. I'm not subject to that anymore. I'm not interested in that anymore. I am done with that. I feel complete with that. Holy Spirit, take it out of my mind so I never think it again. I am complete. It's over. The time has come. Examine your heart. Yeah. Examine it. Oh, So, in the text, chapter 6, section 5, the message, no, section 5, section 1, I don't know why I said section 5, section 1, the message of the crucifixion. Oh, I know, paragraph 5, that's what I was thinking of here. Jesus says, and this is vital. I have made it perfectly clear that I am like you and you are like me. But our fundamental equality can be just demonstrated only through joint decision. So we decide together. Jesus, decide for me. Decide with me. The power of decision. Let us decide with spirit, not with ego. Oh, this, this guy is so creative today. You, <laughs> you are free to perceive yourself as persecuted if you choose. And you're free to think of yourself as abandoned if you choose. Explore it as much as you like. And you can stop when you choose. You really can. Might not seem like you can, but that's a belief. The truth is you can end it when you're ready. When you do choose to react that way, upset, hurt, angered, all of it, when you do choose to react that way, however, you might remember that I was persecuted, as the world judges, and did not share this evaluation for myself. So the appearance, as we might perceive it, is that Jesus was persecuted, right? For sure. We would say that. He was hounded. He was attacked. He was murdered. He was crucified. Definitely we could say the man was persecuted. But that's not how he evaluated. That's what he says. I did not share this evaluation for myself. And because I did not share it, I did not strengthen it. So he's teaching us here about having dominion over our mind and not strengthening the false beliefs by sharing them. He says, I therefore offered a different interpretation of attack and one which I want to share with you. If you will believe it, you will help me teach it. So let's, even before we hear it, let's just agree we're going to help him teach it, right? That's going to be the wise move, to agree to help him teach it. He says, as I've said before, as you teach, so shall you learn. If you react as if you are persecuted, 
you are teaching persecution. So if you react as if you are abandoned, you are teaching abandonment. This is not a lesson a son of God would want to teach if he is to realize his own salvation, right? So I'm going to invite you to just turn within here for a moment with me and see if you can think of some recent times when you reacted, feeling hurt, feeling abandoned, feeling attacked, feeling left, feeling reacting with guilt or shame or resentment or regret. Just think about a recent time. He's saying when you do that and you talk about it with others and you demonstrate it to others, you huff and puff around or however you might be reacting, you are teaching. You are teaching. Teach only love, for that is what you are. So let's not teach that anymore. Let's make that... Somebody got that. Feel that one. Let's not teach that anymore. Let's not teach the world how to react. Let's not teach the world how to be hurt or upset or angry or resentful. It may seem like we don't have any choice, but we do have a choice. We can call upon the Spirit. We can call upon the angels to help us, to support us, to strengthen us, to revive us, to run that interference with the ego thought system. We have the power. God is the only power in this world. Love is the only power in this world. We're love. That's what we are. So we are the power of God in this world. Let's not behave as powerless people subject to the ego thought system. The ego is nothing. It's just a thought system. We don't have to agree to it. Tyranny is a thought system. We don't have to agree to it. We don't. So we can set ourselves free by giving the heavy lifting to the angelic realm, the ascended master realm. Dude. (laughs) So, I love this part here. He says, uh... He says, when you do choose to react that way, however, you might remember that I was persecuted as the world judges and did not share this evaluation myself. And because I did not share it, I did not strengthen it. I therefore offered a different interpretation of attack and one which I want to share with you. If you will believe it, you will help me to teach it. As I've said before, as you teach, so shall you learn. If you react as if you're persecuted, you're teaching persecution. This is not a lesson a son of God would want to teach if he is to realize his own salvation. Rather, teach your own perfect immunity, which is the truth in you, and realize that it cannot be assailed. It cannot be assailed. Not even possible. Teach your own perfect immunity, which is the truth in you, and realize that it cannot be assailed. Do not try to protect it yourself, or you are believing that it is assailable. You are not asked to be crucified, which was part of my own teaching contribution. You are merely asked to follow my example in the face of much less extreme temptations to misperceive and not to accept them as false justifications for anger, right? Think of the times when you feel justified being hurt. You feel justified feeling hurt, feeling angry, feeling resentful. You feel justified. You're going to withhold love. You're going to let people know, eh, I don't like this. Eh, I don't like you. Eh, this is not good for me. 
eh. We try to punish people with our emotions and our displays of emotion. This is what he's talking about here. You are merely asked to follow my example in the face of much less extreme temptations to misperceive and not to accept these temptations to be upset as false justifications for anger. No anger is ever justified. This is what he teaches. Look, I still get annoyed and frustrated, but there's no justification for it. And I know that, so I cool off very quickly because I realize, oh, I lost my peace. I'd like it back. Much better to be peaceful. Oh, for a second there, I thought this world was real. Ooh, okay, I'm back. But I don't deny that I feel what I feel, but I also recognize that I can fan the fire of upset by thinking thoughts that are upsetting. And that's the only thing that ever upsets me anyway, is the thoughts that I'm thinking. It is never, ever, 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 never, ever, never, 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 ever, ever, never, never, that we're upset because of what's happening in the world or what's not happening in the world. That's not why we're upset. It's because of our interpretation. It's because of the meaning we make of it. We must develop the spiritual maturity and the spiritual sovereignty to be able to recognize that and stop reacting so that we can teach and learn simultaneously. So he says, stop justifying your upsets, basically. And then he goes on to say, there can be no justification for the unjustifiable. Right? There's no justification for our upset. Stop thinking that there is. <laughs> That's his next thought. Do not believe there is. And most, most, most importantly, do not teach that there is. Remember always that what you believe, you will teach. Believe with me and we will become equal as teachers. Believe with me and we will become equal as teachers. Your resurrection is your awakening. It's, excuse me, your resurrection is your reawakening. I am the model for rebirth. But rebirth itself is merely the dawning on your mind of what is already in it. It's reclaiming your divinity. Resurrection, it's reawakening, is rebirth, it's renewal, it's restoration of what's already been given. Seek and ye shall find in, in the heart. Look for the kingdom within because that's where it is. That's where it's always been and that's the only place you can ever find it. There's no other location. <laughs> the kingdom of God is within us. He says here, God placed it there himself. God placed the wisdom, the clarity, the beauty, the truth, the love. God placed it there himself. And so it is true forever. I believed in it and therefore accepted it as true for me. Help me to teach it to our brothers in the name of the kingdom of God. But first, believe that it is true for you. Or you will teach a mess. And this is my one of my favorite parts here. This is what I was alluding to in the beginning. He says, My brothers slept during the so-called agony in the garden, but I could not be angry with them because I knew I could not be abandoned. So if you think of the night in the he spent in the Garden of Gethsemane there before he was taken to be crucified. Um, it's been described that his, um, the apostles, his friends, slept during Jesus' agonizing night in the Garden of Gethsemane. And that he was all alone, agonizing. He says, I could not be angry with them because I knew I could not 
be abandoned. He says, I'm sorry when my brothers do not share my decision to hear only one voice because it weakens them as teachers and as learners. Yet I know they cannot really betray themselves or me and that it is still on them that I must build my church. There's no choice in this because only you can be the foundation of God's church. The church is where an altar is. And the presence of the altar is what makes the church holy. A church does not inspire love. Excuse me. A church that does not inspire love has a hidden altar that is not serving the purpose for which God intended it. I must found God's church on you because those who accept me as a model are literally my disciples you hear that chipmunk that's been all around me is feeling frustrated (laughs) either that or he's laughing at me disciples are followers and if the model they follow has chosen to save them pain in all respects they are unwise not to follow him so this is the thing is why don't people follow Jesus closely? Why don't they follow the teachings of A Course in Miracles? So many people, when I first started out and started more widely sharing these teachings of A Course in Miracles, many people who had been studying for a very long time, many years, even decades, would come to me and say, Jennifer, I never thought to apply these teachings the way you're talking about. And it shocked me. It shocked me so much because I thought, well, how, how, how else would you work with them? I, I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to envision or imagine what you would have been doing. And people told me that they had just been reading and studying and learning. But the level of practice, no. So that's something to think about. The healing doesn't come from reading the book. Healing doesn't happen in the intellect because the intellect is part of the, the ego experience. And we can transform the ego intellect by releasing all the attachments so that the ego just becomes this device to help us experience manifestation in this world, but without any divisiveness, without any separation. And that's a wonderful thing, and that's what I'm going for, because I'd like to stay here, quite frankly, for forever, if that's, or however long it is that I can be of service. Hundreds of years, thousand millennia, doesn't matter to me. I'm happy to be in this world because now I know I'm not of it. I don't identify with the world. I identify with heaven and the company of heaven. Um, I still have issues. I'm still letting go of that which is false, the attachments. But I don't have a lot of craving. I'm not needing and wanting. Um, I'm feeling really good about the flow of love and life that I'm experiencing. And I just like to be more effective at sharing it, at, under, at, at really knowing it and remembering it. And so that's where I place my attention. And our fast track is to give it to the Holy Spirit for healing. So this is what this whole thing about being abandoned. He says, I could not be angry with the apostles for abandoning me or betraying me or anything like that because I knew I could not be abandoned. Likewise, he knew he could not be betrayed. He knew that everything was working 
together for his good, that everything had been gently planned, and that there was a divine plan. What better way to demonstrate eternal life than to be crucified in public and rise from the dead days later? Body totally transmuted, transformed, wounds healed, glowing aura. It was all part of his mission. There was nothing wrong or out of place. He could not be abandoned, and neither can we. And this is the cure for all abandonment issues, is recognizing that you cannot be abandoned. You can make the meaning that you have been abandoned, and you can be very upset and hurt by it and traumatized by it, but you can also give that to healing to the Holy Spirit and let it be healed. Yes. There you go. There you have it, the cure for abandonment. I've just got a minute left here, and I'd like to share with you some things that are coming up. We have the teacher trainings with me and John Mundy, Inspired Speaking, Teaching, and Writing. And as I said, I'm sending out an email today with an amazing offer that Spirit gave me. I never made an offer like this before. And in the fall, in October, first weekend of October, my Forgiven Be Free retreat, which is so, so, so healing. And I'm following it with my spiritual counseling training intensive quite purposefully because I've learned that putting them together is profoundly healing for people. We do such deep work for about 10 days. And we're going to do 10 days of deep work, three separate retreats in um, August in Arizona, Inspired Writing, Inspired Teaching, Inspired Speaking. And you are welcome to join for one, two, or three of them. And uh, we just ha- we have a great rate at a great resort. We have payment plans for the trainings. And uh, we are going to dive deep. Uh, a lot of light workers have such great skills and talents, but they don't feel qualified and they don't feel confident really shining their light in this world. And that's what these trainings are about. I've had, uh, we've got all kinds of people coming, ministers and people who've never done anything like this before. It's a wonderful mix of people coming and you can come join us. Likewise, with the Spiritual Counseling Training Intensive, we have all kinds of people come, people who are therapists for decades, people just starting out. Let's place our hand on our heart and be so grateful and so thankful that the love of God is shining right where we are. Grateful and thankful to accept the gifts of God and teach only love. We are the best of all. Be with Amen.